everybody to the Boiler Upload Podcast. I believe this is episode 21, and no, we have not forgotten you. Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks since basketball season ended. Casey's been all over. He's had to go back down to South Carolina and move some stuff. Kyle has been dadding. Both Jace and I have been sick. Uh, Jace with some unidentified thing, and I caught COVID for the first time. So it's been a hectic week, but there's one thing that is that we still know after all this time, and that is, it still sucks driving to the airport, and that's why Reindeer Shuttle is there, to help you get to and from Lafayette to O'Hare and Indianapolis International Airports. They will do the driving for you, take your laptop, watch Netflix, do whatever. They've got it covered for you, so that's Reindeer Shuttle, and if you're interested in driving for Reindeer Shuttle and want to drive to the airport and that's your thing, then they'll have you drive a big bus and take a bunch of people to the airport and make a bunch of people happy. So that's Reindeer Shuttle. Visit ReindeerShuttle.com for all your needs. Now with those bills paid and out of the way, I am your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload. And with me tonight is Jace Jellison, our resident writer, football, everything, women's basketball, lacrosse. Uh, I'm sure we could even send him out to the Purdue Grand Prix. How you doing, Jace? I'm doing well. I'm a man of many talents. How are you, Travis? I am good. I am. We're both healthy again. This is nice. Finally, <laughs> uh, it, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for us. We're hoping to have Casey on later today. He has uh, ghosted us, and we were going to have him talk about the new commit, the transfer Lance Jones from Southern Illinois. But Jace, you've got your finger on the pulse of spring football. What have you seen so far? I think the first thing that really stands out is just the overall feeling in the locker room. I think it's so much different than than what it was in the previous regime. And um, I don't I don't want to turn this into a hate Jeff Prom, hate Jeff mm-hmm. Prom podcast. Right. But, um, I was talking to a to a recruit that was on a visit, and he was talking to one of the guys. Um, I won't say their name, but that that player who played under Brom and um, obviously is, is there on campus now. He was talking about how nobody wanted to be in the building. No one wanted to come and get extra work in. Just the team morale was so low, even though they were winning, getting to the Big Ten championship game, all those things, the morale was so low. Um, and then when Ryan Walters and, and the staff he's assembled, when they came in, um, it was it was night and day. It's, it switched just like that. And um, obviously that's not – that's not going to win games in, in September. There's still a long way for the season to come and, and things like that. But um, things are, it's, it's, things are going in the right direction. Um, just the overall morale of the team and, and how everyone's fitting into this new, um, this new culture. It's, it's a pretty cool thing to see. Do you think that had something to do with uh, the bowl game that shall not be named after what happened down in Orlando? <laughs> yeah, probably. A little bit. I think, um, yeah, it's, I think everyone just wants to forget about that until next year. People are going to bring it up again. But uh, just like everyone brought up the, the Auburn game a few years ago. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I to think- me, the to me, the Auburn game was different because we at least had most of our starters in that when sure. David Blau was starting and stuff. This is we we were down to the backup quarterback. We were without the top receiver. We were without a number of other guys. The entire coaching staff had pretty much bailed at that point. <laughs> I mean, what what are you going to do? Yeah, and I don't like 
obviously we, we we've, we've talked at lengths about that, but it was just such an such a sour end to what was such a great season and uh, for Purdue, you know, making it to the Big Ten championship game for the first time, winning the Big Ten West, um, all the things that came with it, like Charlie Jones, et cetera. Um, and then it was just this the sour ending. And um, but yeah, I think the way that the last regime ended, it just it, you can only go up from there. You can only go up mm-hmm. from blown out by 50 points um, in a bowl game against LSU. So, um, yeah, I think I think that kind of played a part in it. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good to hear that things are going. Have you heard about how uh, what, what can you say about Hudson Card kind of taking over? Certainly sounds like he's going to be the number one guy uh, when the season starts in September. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he's been as good as advertised. Um, and even even more so, I guess, because Graham Harrell was talking to us on Thursday and he said that he's got a chance to be really, really special. Kevin Kane, the defense coordinator, who's had to go up against him every day in practice, said the same. Ryan Walters has said the same. Um, Oliver's receivers have have only talked glowingly of him. Um, Hudson Carr is going to be something special in West Lafayette uh, next year. Um it's it's been a long time since Purdue's had a true dual threat quarterback, and I think he didn't he wasn't able to kind of show that at Texas, um, in in Coach Sark's system. But I mean, the majority of what these coaches have been talking about is is him excelling in dual threat, making plays with his feet. I know uh, Boiler Football on Twitter posted a highlight of him running for a touchdown. Uh, he just adds that extra element to the offense, which is going to be uh, just phenomenal for them. And then obviously Graham Harrell bringing in that air raid variation, but um, everyone has thought glowingly of him. He's been better than advertised uh, according to, to coach Harrell. Awesome. And you, you said that there were a couple of recruits uh, that were up on campus and uh, what, what's kind of been their impression here when you've been up at practice, seeing them, especially this weekend. Yeah. All the, all the recruits love it there. All the recruits love it. Obviously, um, they're not all going to commit there and things like that, but um, there's there's been a lot of commits come through because um, Purdue only has eight freshmen on campus right now. Uh, that was because of just the circumstances surrounding National Signing Day and then waiting, um, picking up a, a ton of guys there at the second signing day. But um, a lot of those guys have come down, like Ryan Shackelford, uh, Drake Carlson, Hadari Hines, who's a 2024 guy. Um, but all those guys have talked glowingly of the new staff as well. So, um, but like the, those two recruits that you mentioned, um, Josiah Edmond, he was at practice earlier this week. I believe it was Thursday. Um, and he was running around dapping up coach Kiera small, who's a strength and conditioning coordinator, uh, dapping up some of the coaches, talking to some of the guys. He's a guy that I think could, could potentially commit here pretty soon. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. And, He's been at the top of Ryan Walter's board for for a while now. He's he's from up uh up at Northwood, plays both ways. But I think Purdue's recruiting him as a DB. Um, so I think just that Ryan Walter's that that Ryan Walter's system's really appealing to him, and and he loves Purdue. So uh, that's a that's a name to keep an eye on. Cool, cool. I, I, I like hearing that and. Uh, what about the receivers? And is anybody stepping up with Card? Uh, I know Purdue has a lot of names, but nobody that's produced a lot just so far, except for maybe TJ Sheffield. The there's only one guy that has more than 500 receiving yards in a single season. Is Tyrone Tracy. 
and he's now at running back. So <laughs> a lot of a lot of talent, um, a lot of intrigue, but severely unproven. And I think TJ Sheffield and Brock Thompson are the two guys that are most likely to step into that number one role. Um, obviously, Brock is, is is coming back from his fifth surgery in four years, so you don't know how he's going to recover. Um, TJ Sheffield, he was the number one guy in the uh, in the bowl game. I think he provides that element of speed. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. Graham Harrell can do a bunch of different things with him. So I think he's probably the clear-cut guy, him and Brock. And then um, one name that – two honestly, two names that I think people are really forgetting about is Elijah Canyon. Um, who was a transfer from Auburn. He was slated to to make an impact last year and then went down in the uh, Penn State season opener, never got back on the field. Um, he's huge, big body wide receiver, 6'4", 220. Um, but Graham Harrell talked a lot about being impressed with his ability to be shifty and, and move and, and be elusive. So that's a guy, I think, that has all the physical traits. He's just got to put it together and stay healthy on the field. Um, and then a name I know you and I have talked about this um, for a while now, Abdul Rahman Yassin. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's shown flashes that that game against Illinois when he caught three passes for 77 yards back in 2021. But he's another guy who really hasn't been able to stay healthy. So um, he hasn't gotten those opportunities. But Graham Harrell talked a lot about him on Thursday. He called him the technician of the wide receivers room in terms of route running and things like that. So. Um, there, I mean, like you said, Purdue doesn't have a, a clear cut guy, but we said the same thing last off season and Charlie Jones turned into quite possibly having the best, the best season as a Purdue wide receiver in, in program history. So, um, a guy can, and a guy can, can break out and, and, and have a special season for them and, and become that number one guy. Um, and then you can't forget about like a guy like Dion Burks as well. Um, I think he'll play in the slot. He'll be the top slot guy for Purdue. Um, maybe maybe even serve in a little gadget role. And then, obviously, I, th- I think Purdue will turn into a two-headed monster out of the backfield uh, with Devin Mockaby and Tyrone Tracy, who, who both kind of um, who both kind of give different things. But, uh, um, I mean, this, this offense is it, – it's very intriguing, but it's also very unproven. So it, it has a ton of question marks. Um, so we'll see how it kind of progresses through the spring and I'll be excited to see how it does, um, at that last spring practice here, the quote unquote spring game. Well, one thing we can't overlook is Yassine is also Purdue's returning leading passer. (laughs) (laughs) He had one completion last year for, for 26 yards. I can't, I can't remember which game that was, but he does have a completion for 26 Oh, he did it in the LSU yeah. game. Okay. I think he oh, was right. the second leading passer in that game, if I'm not mistaken. It wouldn't surprise me. The, with how bad that game was. <laughs> it would not surprise me. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so Purdue's leading passer. I don't think he's going to get many opportunities, but one for one is one for one. <laughs> uh, wanna, we talked about this the other day. I want Paul Paferi to get a trick play. Let him sling it one time. That happens a lot. I don't think he has. He's had a pass attempt in college yet. Uh, Remember Jared Sparks? uh, The only pass attempt he had was after he'd moved a receiver. So yeah, I want to see Paul Paferi let one go because he had a big (laughs) arm. Yeah, that's true. 
Well, do you have any uh, other final notes for football before we uh, transition? We still don't have Casey, so we're going to have to really filibuster here when it comes to Lance Jones. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. I know a lot of people on the message boards, I, I did want to address this. They've been talking a lot about the injuries, and I've been getting a lot of questions about those. For people who didn't see the mailbag last week, I'll be doing another one here on, on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, we'll see. But um, I reached out to several other rival sites just to see how many guys they had been missing in their, in their respective practices. And um, of the teams I talked to, the general range is kind of like 8 to 10. Um, guys sitting out but um, Purdue and I don't know I didn't dive deep enough if if those were scrimmages or just general practices because in general practices Purdue has around like 12 13 14 guys usually sitting out but then in the scrimmage not this past Saturday but the previous one um, they had 26 guys out Um, so I think Purdue's kind of on the mend and and this team doesn't look anything like it will come September because you got Gus Hartwig's out, Brock Thompson's out, uh, Garrett Miller, Scotty Humpich, DeMar J. Lewis, Kadron Jenkins, Isaiah Nichols, the transfer from Arkansas. None of those guys have have even practiced yet this spring. Um, And then guys like Curtis DeVille, Kentrell Marks, Suleiman Paca, uh, Prince Boyd Jr., Ryan Brandt, uh, Cam Allen. A lot of those guys have also missed time. So, um, Things are going to come together, but um, they have been struck by the injury bug just just a little bit. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. It's spring practice. I mean, it's yeah. not like we – I remember – I think you had found that uh, Walter said that if there was a game next week, a number of them would probably be ready to play. You yeah. don't want anybody to get hurt in spring practice. Uh, we, we've seen too many guys tear ACLs and just go down. Uh, I That was one year – I've. I think it was DJ Knox went down in the spring mm-hmm. game. And you're like, oh, great. That's wonderful. <laughs> that was a tough one, too. That was a bad injury. Yeah. Anyway, we can uh, probably transition. Uh, we still have no Casey, so uh, I, I think I'm just going to fire him. And No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the other big news, of course, is the transfer of one Lance Jones from Southern Illinois and he's an intriguing pickup. I'm not quite sure what to think about him. Have uh, have you gotten any thoughts on him so far? Have you been kind of uh, – I know you've been kind of primarily concentrating on football so far. Yeah, I did um, I did look into it a little bit. I mean, he's what Matt Painter wanted, a grad transfer guard. Um, he can shoot it a little bit. I know he struggled last year from three, but um, he shot it well before in the past, and – he can take guys off the dribble. He's a two-time All Missouri Valley Conference defensive player. Um, so I, I mean, like, yeah. So I, I think he'll fit well. He's gonna fit in that Davis Jenkins Jr. role. Um, they they didn't need someone like a Caleb Love, or maybe they do, but I don't think Matt Painter was really searching for a guy like Caleb Love that was kind of come in and and get the keys to the team. I think he was looking for one of those guys that can come off the bench, maybe give you eight to ten a game, um, and take some of the some of the load off of Braden Smith and Fletcher Lore on the backcourt. So, um, I, I mean, I, I like to pick up. Um, you got to take it for what it is, though. You can't you can't be expecting him to come in and score fifteen twenty points a game. That's just not the real, reality of the situation. 
And he's coming in from a team that had a really good record this last yep. season. Uh, Southern Illinois did not play in the postseason despite being 23-10. and 10, So that kind of surprised me that they didn't at least get the CBI or something. But uh, they had a nice win at Oklahoma State early in the year. He had 19 in that game. Uh, was their second leading scorer, it looks like. Was their leading scorer in a bunch of other games. Had 28 and again went over uh, Northern Iowa, it looks like. So... This is a guy that can fill it up. He's got 1,500-some-odd points in his career. And it's just interesting to see what he's going to bring because I see that he's going to be a de- defender as well. And I like the I like that defense aspect because I don't think uh, I don't think people realize just how much of a uh, con- contributor uh, Brandon Newman was on the defensive end too. Yeah, I mean, if he played – I mean – it was just kind of a small sample size, maybe the last five, six, seven games. But if he played that type of defense all year, you would have been in the running for a defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, he was playing mm-hmm. that well defensively. So him leaving, obviously, Purdue is still going to have Ethan Morton, at least for right now. Um, things can change, but uh, they're going to have Ethan Morton. Him coming in there and really, I think the biggest thing is going to be taking some of the pressure off of Braden Smith because last year he was – he was asked if so much as a true freshman coming in there, leading the number one team in the country at, at one point. Um, and, and, and Jones comes in having started 113 career games. That's a, I believe that's over twice as, as much as, as Braden and Fletcher have uh, combined. Right. Right. And yeah, he's a guy that can fill it up too. It's, it's always good to have that guy off the bench. He can come in and hit, you know, three, four threes in a night. And I think that's kind of what we were looking for from David Jenkins Jr. too. And it's like, if he can come in and give us even a little bit more than Jenkins gave us, that's going to be a net positive, especially if everybody else comes back. Yeah. And I think that's looking pretty likely, at least to this point, we know Zach Eadie's going to, going to put his name in the NFL, in the NBA draft, not the NFL draft, in the NBA draft. <laughs> and, uh, now that I'd want to see. That'd be amazing. Uh, he's going to put his name in the NBA draft, probably go through the the combine and give feedback and, and then make a decision. So I think Purdue's kind of on standby until that decision comes down, honestly, before we know kind of what this team's going to look like. Because if he comes back, it's just going to be this team running it back adding in some guys that are more athletic too. And that's going to be key. Uh, I just, I just want people that can hit open threes. That's that, that ended up being Purdue's Achilles heel this past year was not being able to hit wide open threes. And, you know, if Jones is a guy that can do that, he's going to have the looks there. I mean, especially if Edie returns, there's going to be tons of open shots. Just somebody knock him down, please. That's all I ask. <laughs> and I think, I think Fletcher, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith could become more consistent shooters from the outside because Fletcher, he's one of the best shooters maybe to ever come through Purdue, if we're being honest, just in terms of his track record. Um, I, think, I think he'll be more consistent next year. Um, obviously, he's going to go through his ebbs and flows, but I think the thing that people aren't really talking about that I'm really intrigued by is just the athletes that Purdue's bringing in. You talk about Miles Colvin, who's – I went to the Dizzy Runs Pro-Am last summer. He was the most athletic guy on the court by far, playing against pros, like legitimate pros, guys that have played in the NBA, guys that were playing overseas. He's more athletic than them all. 
um, Camden Heidi, who Casey's talked about him doing dunk contest dunks in the layup lines. And then, yeah. and then you got Willie Berg, who I know he just went down with an injury. So um, hopefully he'll be able to, to get back and, and be ready for the season. But he's a guy who's seven, three, who could step out and at the very least hit 15 foot jumpers, possibly even hit threes. You're bringing in three dudes that are, that add just such a different element to the second unit in all likelihood for, for all three of those guys, unless miles Colvin um, steps into a starting role. And then, and then Jones is, I'd, I'd say he's pretty athletic um, as well. So Purdue's bringing in some athletes and, and I think those, those four guys are going to add something special to this team. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's going to be hard to forget about that Fairleigh Dickinson loss for a while, but when you do look past that, you see a team that won a lot of games this past season. And, you know, honestly, if Edie returns, they're going to be preseason top five, if not, you know, possibly preseason number one. And even if he doesn't, I'm still thinking top 15. And that's a good place to be. And you just got, you've got to put that fairly Dickinson loss behind you and you've got to move on. So we'll see what happens. And I, I, I'm excited to see what uh, Lance does. Uh, I'm naturally pessimistic now under in under all circumstances after the last couple of seasons, but I know come October and November they'll they'll suck me back in. So <laughs> it's hard not to when when uh, you see, get to Mackey Arena for the first time. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, well, we never had Casey show up tonight, so I think we can call this a night. Uh, any final thoughts before we're done? Nope. All to you, Travis. You let him have all it. to me. Yeah, you oh, well. <laughs> let him have it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we do thank you for listening. I know uh, we'll. I'll be getting myself out to some college baseball here before too long. I've been enjoying following the baseball team from afar, but it's nice to get out to Alexander Field, and it's fun watching college baseball. It's it's a lot of fun, and they serve beer there too. So. Uh, <laughs> with that in mind, we do thank you for listening to us and for Jason and myself. This is Travis Miller of Boiler Upload and Boiler Up. <laughs>